1: Hello there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host Dan the Viking. Now, you might not believe this, but I just sat down to record a podcast and I got a message from one of my listeners saying, when are you going to do some more Norse history stories? And I was like, believe it or not, I've actually just sat down with my Norse book ready to record. So... Funnily enough, we're actually doing a Norse story this this time. Um, amazing how people can just read my mind. Um, but yeah, so we are going back to the Norse uh, poetic edda, or the Norse stories. Um, like I said, this is not the proper poetic edda. This is a slightly um, different version. It's a little bit more... Um, how do I say it without saying is it's child friendly. It's a child-friendly version. Um, it's not as uh, crude um and the words are a lot easier to pronounce. So if you for those of you who know your Norse history, um you'll know that some of the poetic editors is extremely difficult to pronounce certain words. This kind of takes all of that out. Um this week, guys, we are learning about the most famous Norse god. Uh, thanks to Stan Lee and Marvel. So um, we're talking about Thor. The first story is probably one of the most famous. It's Thor and the Sea Serpent. So a grand feast was fast approaching and Odin had a task for his son Thor. Go on, go to the shining sea of Asgard, he ordered, and seek out the god Aegir. He is the only one who can brew enough mead for us all. Thor rubbed his hands with glee. He loved mead, a delicious drink made with honey. But when he found Ajir, the god laughed at him. It's true, I mix the best mead in the Nine Realms, he bragged. But to make enough for everyone, I'll need a pot bigger than you. Where am I going to find a pot that size, grumbled Thor. "'That's not my problem, is it?' he snorted. "'Now go away, and don't come back until you find one.' Thor scowled at Ejir, and trudged back to Valhalla, where the gods were preparing the feast. "'I'm going to need help,' he thought. He marched into the hall, waving his arms to attract attention. "'Who will join me on my great, worthy quest? he broomed. "'What quest?' Thor asked Frey. "'Is there a dragon to slay?' Or a maiden to rescue? Not as such. Perhaps the frost giants are ready for a new war, asked Tyr. Not exactly, said Thor. I need to find a pot. A pot, they laughed. What kind of a quest is that? Well, it's not just any pot. It has to be a pot big enough to hold mead for all the Aesir gods. I know where I'll find where to find a pot that's that vast. Boasted Tyr. My stepfather Hymir the giant has one. Then let's pay him a visit," said Thor. "There's just one problem," Tyr replied. "Hymir hates gods. He only tolerates me because he married my mother." "I'll fight him for the pot," growled Thor. Tyr laughed. "You're going to fight a giant who is twice your size and whose body was." Hoon from granite. This is starting to sound like a real quest at last. The two gods made their way to Heimer's Hall, which stood on the edge of Jotunheim, on the shore of a wide, raging ocean. Tyr's mother opened the door and smiled in delight. "'Tyr, come in. You're just in time for supper,' she cried. "'Good. I'm starving,' said Thor, barging in. "'Don't be too greedy, Thor,' said Tyr. "'Remember.' We're here to ask Hymir for help. We don't want to annoy him. As they entered the house, the gods saw Hymir sitting at the table, chewing on an enormous ox leg. Thor and Tyr bowed their heads in respect, but Hymir ignored them. Thor shrugged, sat down and began to eat. Tyr joined him, but looking very nervous. In minutes, Thor had polished off two whole oxen. Hymir stared for a moment in disbelief before slamming his oxbone down onto the table and lumbering to his feet. How dare you come into my house and gobble my best meat, he bellowed. You gods are all the same, thinking you're better than everybody else lording it over us. Yeah, and what of it, jeered Thor. I'll show you what of it, roared Hymir, shaking his fist in Thor's face. Let's settle this right now. Before Hymir had thrown a punch, his wife broke in. I have a better idea. Tomorrow morning, let's see which of you can catch the biggest fish. That way, you'll have a contest and we'll have food for supper. Hymir granted an agreement and Tyr breathed a sigh of relief. Better for Thor to lose fishing in a fishing contest than be killed in a fight. The next day, Hymir dragged Thor out of his bed before dawn. Why are you getting me up so early, moaned Thor. You've never been fishing before, have you? said Hymir. The best catches are made first thing in the morning. Here's another tip. You'll need some bait for your line. I'm going to catch a really big fish, so I need gigantic bait, thought Thor. Grabbing an ox head from the kitchen, the giant and the god climbed into a fishing boat, and Hymir began rowing out to sea. He rowed until they could not go any further, and could not see the shore. Then, he rowed a little more. Thor watched as Heimir cast his net effortlessly, bringing up two huge whales with a flick of his mighty wrist. Now, let's see what you, if you can catch something bigger than these, Heimir mocked. Impressive, said Thor. But for a truly great catch, we'll need to row out even further. He took up the oars and began rowing hard. Hyamir was so busy tying up his whales, he didn't notice how far out they actually were. Until the boat began to lurch and roll. Stop! Hyamir shouted. You've gone too far. It'll take hours to get home from here. Stop fussing, said Thor, and let me put out my bait. He hooked the ox head onto a fishing line and threw it into the sea. Seconds later, Thor felt a tug on his line. He heaved and he heaved, but he could not bring it in. Jaime watched as Thor grunted and groaned, flexing his muscles so that his arms seemed to double in size. Thor braced his feet on the edge of the boat, straining with all his might. At last, the line came up, pulling with it the head of a terrifying monster. Its eyes were yellow, and it had fangs like spears. It opened its mouth wide and spat great goblets of blood. Hymir screamed in fear. Let's go, now. That's Jormungand, the biggest serpent in the world. Put him back, you fool. His body wraps around the entire ocean, and he'll kill us both. I'll never let go, yelled Thor. This is my catch, and I will bring it home. But Jormungand had other ideas. It thrashed its gigantic neck, churning up huge waves forcing Hymir to cling grimly to the side of the boat. Thor snarled in defiance, realising he couldn't lift the serpent out of the water. He reached back with one hand and grabbed his hammer, Mjolnir, and with a great cry he brought it crashing down onto Jormungand's head. The blow stunned the serpent, its head slumped down at Thor's feet. It was so heavy the deck tipped, flooding the boat with water. Terrified, Hymir cut Thor's line, and Jormungand slipped back into the ocean. Are you insane, Thor, said uh, Hymir. You nearly killed us both. The boat is full of water, and we're miles from land. What's the matter, puny giant, laughed Thor? Are you scared? Don't worry, I'll save you, and he dived into the sea. Thor began to swim, pushing the boat in front of him. Unfazed by the weight of the stone giant and the two whales, Hymir gaped at the sight of Thor and his power pushing through the waves. As soon as they stepped into Hymir's house, Tyr rushed up to greet them, his mother close behind. Who won? Tyr asked. Hymir swatted Tyr to the ground. Thor didn't catch anything, he spat. You can both get out of here, never darken my doors again. Gladly, said Thor, but first I want your mead pot. What? growled Heimir. Why should I give you anything? If you won't give it to me, I'll just take it. Heimir had seen what Thor had done to Jormungand, and there was no way he was going to fight him. He had another idea. You think you're stronger than everyone else, don't you? It's true. I've never met anyone stronger than me, he said, puffing out his chest. Well, here's a challenge for you. Break this cup, and you can even have my pot. Hymir handed Thor a glass goblet no bigger than his his fist. Too easy, laughed Thor, hurling it to the ground, but the cup didn't break. Try the door, suggested Tyr. Thor whirled around and threw the cup with all his strength. It cannoned into the door, smashing it from its hinges, and the cup was not even marked. It was Hymir's turn to laugh. He watched Thor bounce the cup off the walls, hurl it into the ceiling and even sit on it. His face went red with frustration. Plates and bowls came tumbling off the shelf, the ground shook, the walls began to crumble. I must stop this, thought Hymir's wife, seeing the home collapse around her, and she whispered in Thor's ear, the cup is enchanted. To break it, you need to throw it at something harder than itself. Try my husband's head. Thor didn't waste any more time and he grabbed the goblet from the ground and dashed it against Hymir's stone forehead. The glass shattered around the giant's face. Now, demanded Thor, give me the pot. Take it and go, said Hymir. Be warned, though. If you ever come here again, I'll use my head to pulverise your precious hammer into a thousand pieces. But Thor had already hoisted the mead pot onto his back and was heading for Valhalla the great feasting of Asgard with Tyr running behind him. Well done, Thor, said Tyr, clapping. You survived an encounter with Jormungand and defeated a mighty stone giant. We may have set out only looking for a pot, but it turned out to be quite an adventure uh, after all. The next story is called Thor's Wedding Day. Thor and his hammer Mjolnir were never parted. He loved it so much, he even slept with it, under his pillow. But one terrible morning, he woke to find it missing. It has to be Loki playing tricks, thought Thor. It's always Loki. Thor was so angry, he could barely speak. Instead, he flung open the shutters on his window and let out a blood-curling cry. Loki, I will kill you! Dressed in only his nightshirt, Thor rushed to Loki's home and dragged him outside. Where is my hammer? he shouted, spitting with rage, his hands wrapped around Loki's neck. Loki coughed, spluttered, and desperately waved his finger at his mouth, trying to make Thor understand he couldn't speak while he was being strangled. Thor finally let Loki drop to the ground. It wasn't me, rasped Loki. Between long gasps of breath, I'm not insane, Thor. I wouldn't dare lay my hands on Mjolnir, much less steal it. If not you, then who? demanded Thor. You're the cause of all the trouble around here. I don't know, said Loki, but I'll help you find it. Come with me. And he strode off to Freya's hall. Thor followed, completely baffled. What are we doing here? he asked.
0: Save big on brunch for mum, all in the Kroger app.
1: "'She's so beautiful. Men are always giving her gifts. "'She'd never need to steal anything. "'It's one of those gifts I need. "'Now, be quiet and let me do the talking.' "'Loki knocked on the door. "'What can I do for you, mischief-maker?' asked Freya, opening the door with a frown. "'I heard Thor screaming your name, so I knew you'd been up to no good again. "'I haven't,' Loki insisted. In fact,' I've come here on Thor's behalf to ask for your help. It's true, said Thor, pushing Loki aside. Loki may be a lying weasel, but he's the best chance I've got of finding my hammer. It's been stolen. What? cried Fea. Someone dared to steal Mjolnir? We must get it back. How can I help? Lend me your feathered falcon cloak, said Loki. I'll use it to fly to Jotunheim. I don't know exactly who took Thor's hammer, but I'm willing to bet it was one of those evil-hearted frost giants. Curse them all, Wailed Thor. I'll bring down such a storm on their heads, they'd wish they'd never been born. I'll fry their brains with my lightning bolts. I'll pound them flat. I'll... Be patient, Thor, Loki interrupted. Let me find out which villain has done this, and then you shall have your revenge. As he wrapped Freya's falcon cloak around him, his bodies and his arms became wings. Flapping them in delight, Loki soared into the sky and he flew up to the highest peaks of Jotunheim. But he saw no sign of the hammer. He swooped through the narrow gorges and over rocky canyons into the very heart of Jotunheim, where frozen rivers wound their way around snow-caped mountains. With eyes sharp as a falcon's, Loki, at last, made out the unmistakable shape of Mjolnir. Wide head, short handle, laying on the edge of a gleaming lake of ice. What's he doing there? Loki wondered. He glided down to the lake, shrugged off the cloak, and his wings became arms once more. But as he reached for the hammer, he felt a blow on the back of his head. A pair of frosty hands yanked him down into a dark hole, and everything went black. Loki came into a vast cavern with his hands, bound tightly behind his back. Icicles and stalagmites sparkled in the gloom. A shadowy figure sat hunched on a throne in front of him. Loki shuddered as a blast of freezing giant breath hit the back of his neck. ''Master,'' came a voice from behind. ''Look what I've bought, one of the Aesir gods.'' ''Fool,'' bellowed the creature on the throne. Don't you know this is Loki, the son of a giant? He may live in Asgard, but he's not a true Asir. But master, whined the giant, he came for the hammer just as you planned. His voice trailed off, and the figure sat on the throne, snapped his fingers. A guard stepped from the shadow and raised his sword. Loki watched in stunned silence as the guard sliced off the giant's head. Come closer, Loki, growled a voice from the throne. Let me get a good look at you. Loki stepped forward to see a hideous frost giant covered in jagged shards of ice. His eyes glowed red and narrowed into a vicious slits as he smiled at Loki. I am Thrym, king of the frost giants, he said, and you, Loki, are now my prisoner. Please, noble king, let me go, begged Loki. I'll do anything you ask. Anything? said Thrym. Then bring me Freya, the beautiful Veneer goddess, so I can marry her and make her my queen. I will try, my lord. No, you will succeed, Loki. And then I'll return Mjolnir as part of the marriage ceremony. If you fail, neither you nor any of the Aesir will see this again. He taunted Loki by dangling the hammer before his eyes a guard cut through Loki's bonds and turned and ran. He found the falcon cloak on the ground where he'd left it, pulled it on, and flew straight back to Asgard, grateful to just be alive. As Loki fluttered down to Freya's hall, he had already devised a plan. He was all the more pleased because he knew Thor would hate it. Well, Loki, said Thor, the moment he saw him, Have you found my hammer? I have indeed, smiled Loki. Mjolnir is in Jotunheim, just as I predicted. Then tell us, asked Freya, which of those villainous frost giants has stolen it? Thrym, their king. He has Mjolnir in his underground palace. Well, what are we waiting for, shouted Thor. Let's go down and get it. I'm not afraid of frost giants or even their king. We don't need to fight for it, Thor, said Loki. Thrym said he'll give Mjolnir back for you in return for a gift. What gift? asked Thor. Freya's hand in marriage. For Odin's sake, groaned Freya, I will not be promised to such a revolting creature. I can't marry a frost giant. They're disgusting. Don't worry, said Loki. We're not actually going to go through with it. I've thought of a brilliant trick. Thor will pretend to be you. Thrym will return the hammer as part of the wedding ceremony. But how can I pretend to be Freya? I don't look anything like her. You'll be in a wedding dress with a veil covering your face. Besides, to a frost giant, all gods look alike. They can barely tell us apart. Thor scowled, but at least the plan meant he'd get Mjolnir back. So, Freya sewed together two of her finest gowns to make a wedding dress for Thor. She draped the veil over his face and, as a final touch, gave him her necklace to wear. "'Thrym has never seen my face, but he must have heard about my fabulous necklace,' boasted Freya. After a long journey, Thor and Loki arrived at King Thrym's hall. Loki was convincingly disguised as a bridesmaid. Thor, on the other hand, hadn't even bothered to shave, but the frost giants didn't notice.' ''We'll begin with a feast,'' announced Thrym, smiling broadly at the veiled Thor. Servants brought out platters of the finest boar, deer and ox meat, poured generous goblets of wine. Loki, playing the part of a bridesmaid, ate daintily, but Thor didn't know how to act the blushing bride. He munched down two whole boars, one straight after the other, and belched. Thrym was starting to get suspicious, Loki could see him muttering something to one of his guards. "'Oh, great and noble king,' said Loki in a high-pitched voice, "'perhaps you've noticed a particular habit of Freya's. Uh, "'When she's happy, she needs to eat, "'and she's so excited about marrying you "'that she uh, can't help but gorge herself.' "'Ah, a woman after my own heart,' chuckled the king. "'But if she's that excited,' What are we waiting for? Let the wedding begin. He stood up with his mighty fists, flipped over the great feasting table, sending meat and drink flying everywhere. The feast is over, he declared. Now bring me my bride so we can be married. Thor threw down half eaten ox leg and marched confidently towards Thrym. Even up close, Thrym didn't suspect a thing. He sat Thor down on a throne and knelt before his bride-to-be, and he placed Mjolnir on Thor's lap, then gently began to lift his veil. Thor held his breath, clutching the veil. Thrym stared in horror at the manly face beneath. "'You!' he exclaimed. "'You're not Freya. You're... you're... I'm Thor,' yelled the Thunder God. He jumped up and swung Mjolnir down again and again, onto the thieving giant's head. Thrym's spiky body began to crack and Thor watched triumphantly as he shattered into a thousand icy splinters. Thor stomped on the shards wielding his hammer threateningly. No one, and I repeat no one, comes between me and Mjolnir. Who's next? The giants backed away while Loki watched and amused with a smile on his lips. Running won't do you any good, Thor taunted. He lifted Mjolnir over his head and summoned the power of a storm. A tremendous lightning bolt seared through the roof of the cave, setting fire to the overturned feast table. Come on, Thor, said Loki. Let's get out of here before we burn to death. But Thor was in no hurry. He strode out of the cave, swirling his hammer, smashing the giants left and right as he went, a savage grin spreading across his face. Back in Asgard, Thor was expecting a hero's welcome, but instead he found all the gods standing along the wall, pointing at him and laughing. The loudest sounds of all came from behind him. Thor whirled around to see Loki, bent over, doubled with laughter. "'What's the meaning of this, trickster?' Thor yelled, bearing down on Loki." ''Oh, Thor,'' replied Loki between giggles, ''take a look at yourself.'' Thor looked down and he was still wearing the wedding gown, only now its train was singed with black from the fire and the top was splattered with flecks of frost-giant blood. A garland of frosty flowers had stuck to one of his boots and was trailing along the ground behind him. ''If you think about it,'' Loki added, with another splutter of laughter, You could have recaptured your beloved hammer without dressing up at all. You're right, bellowed Thor. Why did I ever listen to you and your wicked plans? You troll-eyed son of a worm. I could have easily killed Thrym and found my hammer without your so-called help. You just love making me look ridiculous. I do, said Loki. It's so much fun for the rest of us. And uh, I'll leave you with those two stories. Uh, They're from Thor. Um, there's loads uh, of, of stories on, in here, to be honest, With when you're talking about the Norse mythology and, and things like that, and like I said, I say it every time, most of you guys are um, probably well aware of my belief system and, and the fact that I follow um, the Norse pagan traditions and, like, I really enjoy doing these. I really enjoy reading them out. Um, I know they're not for everyone, um, just happens to be that I got a request literally as I was about to to start reading so uh yeah can't believe someone's uh, reading my mind but I do enjoy doing these and and I hope you guys aren't off put off by them because like I said they're not for everyone strictly they're not history they're just fables um myths and legends um so they're not they're not technically there's not technically any real history historical basis to them um but they're a bit of fun and and i quite enjoy it so i hope you guys uh, feel the same um and for all of you who are listening um thank you thank you for listening and and i always say this every week um get yourselves over to patreon um i have found out recently that one of the best ways that you can support this podcast um is to subscribe now whether you listen on Uh, iTunes, whether you listen on Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Alexa, anything like that, um, if you can click that subscribe button, it will give you uh, updates every time we put a new show out. But what it does is it pushes me to the top of the rating. So at the moment, I have roughly 1,500 to 2,000 listeners every week. If every single one of you guys hit that subscribe button, which doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't take any time, it's just literally the button on your podcast right now, click that subscribe button and it will boost my ratings and it will move the show higher up on the ratings list and it means that I'll get new listeners and new guys to come in um, and that just boosts the podcast and makes it better for everyone. So, yeah, if you can't afford to get over to Patreon and and join us that way and, and support the podcast with... Uh, monetary value um, please 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 hit that subscribe button and if you're on more than one device so if you listen to sometimes on Spotify sometimes on iTunes just click subscribe on both of them Um, doesn't take any time at all Um, and like I said it does really really um, improve my ratings so thanks for listening guys and uh, we'll see you next time